Bretto, the first 200 tickets to the 2018 Wellness Summit sold out in less than 24 hours. Can you believe it? Oh, MP, it's awesome that our Wellness Coach fans are as excited about the return of the Wellness Summit as we are. If you've been hiding under a kale smoothie, Zazen Alkaline Water presents the return of the Wellness Summit on August 25 and 26 in Melbourne. And for one week only, we have 100 seats at a crazy two-for-one special. That's right, MP. Not only do 100 lucky listeners get two tickets for the price of one, but they also receive the digital recordings of the 2018 Summit and all of our previous events. Gee whiz, that's a lot of value, Bretto. That's over $1,400 in value, MP, and all for just $297. That's two tickets for the price of one for two days of powerhouse wellness. That's less than $10 an hour to attend the wellness event of the year. Oh, enough of the number crunching, MP. These 100 tickets are only available this week until Saturday, May 19, or until sold out, whatever happens first. For tickets, the speaker lineup, and all info, go to thewellnesssummit.com. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Ali McLean, Katie Pettuccini, and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimizing your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning in to today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Real. In episode 172 of The Real Food Real, we are joined by the gut guru, Kirsty Worth. In today's episode, you will learn about the Bible of fermenting, Gutalicious. Kirsty and I cover all things fermentation including the difference between wild ferments and cultured ferments and the problems with store-bought probiotic yogurts. Kirsty and I also discuss creative ways to introduce ferments into your life, the certain conditions or symptoms when fermented foods aren't appropriate, and so much more. Hi, Kirsty, and welcome back to the show. Hey, Steph. Thanks for having me back again. Really excited to have you on the show. It's been a little while and it looks like you've obviously been really busy. We've got you on the show today to share all things Gutalicious, the absolutely beautiful book that you've written with Jordan Pye. So I'd love you to maybe even share about, you know, how it came about and then we'll dive into all things Gutalicious. Yeah, it is... um because um, quite a few people have referred to it as like the Bible of fermenting or, you know, our, our new Bible, which is very cool because it is this big, thick, beautiful book when about all things fermenting. And we, Geordie and I came up with Gutalicious because number one, we were constantly being asked questions about 
um, you know, I've, I've finally nailed making your yoga and your kiffa. Now what can I do? And obviously there's endless things that you can do with the cultures, but some people aren't, um, you know, super creative or they're a bit nervous or, you know, they're not sure how to sort of implement using the cultures with different foods and we just didn't have a resource for people to be inspired and we also wanted a resource for people who were um, embarking on a new sort of journey of you know eating a lower carbohydrate diet and trying to really ramp up their nutrient profile so lots and lots of beautiful nutrients and vitamins and minerals and all sorts of things in their food but not having that sugar content so um, we just wanted, first of all, I suppose, inspiration. Secondly, that it's not um, boring to eat low carbohydrate and to, you know, rebuild your gut health. It shouldn't be boring and it shouldn't be um, linear in the fact that there is a variety of foods that you use, but you do have to ferment them. And so that's kind of where it was born. And um, Jordan Pye is a nutritionist and she's super passionate about um, fermenting and she loves using our cultures. And, you know, her hobby, apart from being a nutritionist, is she is one talented lady when it comes to creating different types of recipes. And she took all the photos, which is, you know, as you can see, they're, they're really quite incredible. And I me taking a photo is, is actually quite hilarious. So I'm so glad that she was on the project and she was able to throw all of that you know, incredible talent into it. And, um, you know, it's great because Geordie's just so passionate about um, nutrition, obviously, and fermenting. And um, you can really see it coming through in the pictures and in the recipes and everything that we did together. So, yeah, that's kind of where it started and so we wanted people when they started embarking on a new lifestyle and a new way of eating to to jump on and be stoked about it and excited and oh I can make this and I can make that as opposed to oh I can't have this and can't have that so yeah that's where it all started yeah beautiful which I think is so as you said like such a necessary resource because you know we'll do a recap on your culture starters for anyone listening that hasn't come across your work yet but I mean the the ideas that you girls have put together are just phenomenal and delicious not to mention that they're so nutrient dense and you know free from sugar and refined carbohydrates which is exactly what we need especially when you're on on that you know initial phase of gut healing and you've got to really look at pulling out any trigger foods or foods that perpetuate the you know the overgrowth of pathogenic bacteria and that's that's beautiful that you know then you don't have to miss out there's 150 sweet and savory recipes (laughs) you know we're very lucky that you've that you've put this amazing resource together for us. So today I want to talk more about obviously what you've um, got in Gutalicious and different fermentation ideas. But before we do, can you just give us a little bit of a summary about your beautiful yogurt and kefir culture starters for anyone that's hearing you for the first time? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the starters are um, basically they start the ferment. So if you are really, really new to the fermenting process, there's two ways that you can start a ferment. You can start it with what's called wild ferments where you use things like a SCOBY, which is a yeast, and lots of people know about sort of the SCOBYs that then make kombucha. Or you can have these little kiffer grains that make kiffer. So that's a wild ferment. But we also have cultured ferments where we use very specific strains to, to, to start the fermenting process. And so the culture wellness ones are um, cultured ferments and you get these starters in a food-based medium. So we use coconut um, coconut water and coconut cream just because we do have a lot of people on the pro on you know my program and there are lots of people who are starting this gut health adventure that their bodies really can't handle dairy so that's why we use the coconut and so these cultures um, I developed them because I had a lot of gut health issues and my son had really significant is- issues and we just seemed to react to the wild ferments we reacted to you know, yogurts, we reacted to anything that had, that was fermented. And what I soon realized was um, our bodies did really well on some bacteria strains and did really well on some cultures. And then we absolutely did terribly on some bacteria strains and some cultures. And I really realized, worked out that Um, there's a unique blend of these specific strains that are going to be really successful and helpful for people that are kind of in those beginning phases. So they're probably a bit inflamed. Their digestion is really quite poor. You know, their immune system's really lacking and their body really needs a good kickstart. So that's where the cultures started from. And also I wanted to be able, very selfish really, I just wanted to be able to, quickly ferment and make it an easy process as a mum with two kids and a husband that worked away a lot that I could just kind of keep it going and not make it this big sort of, you know, massive thing in my life that I had to do all the time and it was hugely time-consuming and all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, the, the cultures are just such a wonderful healing food. They're very specific for people who are trying to re- or who are rebalancing their bodies. And, um, and then I suppose the flip side of that, you know, very sort of scientific in, the, in those strains that are used and how they support the body and how they help you to rebalance your body. So, and, um, but it really, in the end, you're just having beautiful kefir and yogurt and if you serve them to your neighbour, no one would know. It's just really <laughs> yummy. They don't need to know all the science behind it and all the background behind it. So, yeah, that's, that's the nice thing about it. They're just really, really yummy. Yeah, and some amazing points there. I'm going to go off track again a little bit, but I will come back around. I just find <laughs> it fascinating because it's, you know, obviously you've got the, the yogurt option and I'm sure you guys have this conversation all the time, but I've been using your products since 2015 and by default I always say yogurt and a lot of people are like, oh, 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 I can't have dairy. And I'm obviously quick to then change my language to talk about how it's made from coconut and dairy-free and and it, the same with the kefir, that it's coconut-based. And it's interesting how we have linked terms like yogurt or even kefir 
back to dairy when the irony is is the the dairy-based yogurts that we see in the supermarket you know even if on the label they say you know bifidobacteria or whatever it might be the the poor bugs are killed in the in the pasteurization process so you know people i think purchase these yogurts with good intentions but they're not able to get the probiotic benefits is that something that you guys see as well at culture wellness oh yeah mm. it's um you know like if and and also it's often they're the wrong strains mm. for you so your basic yogurts that you get from the supermarket are they're fermented out with, you know, Saccharomyces um, thymicea, sorry, um, Streptococcus thymicea. And there's a lot of people who are really struggling with health issues that really can't have that bacteria strain. And so it can be um, propelling your health concerns. And then exactly as you said, Seth, you know, those when you use um, dairy products and milks and all sorts of things to ferment it out. It's been pasteurized and there's dead bugs floating around mm. and then you ferment it and you're trying to add live bugs in with dead bugs. And of course our bodies are like living, you know, sort of ecosystems of bacteria. And how's our body supposed to differentiate from that and understand what's coming in and what's happening? It's way, way too confusing. So we need living products using, you know, living foods and that it enables our body to rebalance and not spark our immune response or confuse our bodies because they're confused enough. We're, you know, we're bombarded enough with all sorts of things, um, just, you know, driving in a car and toxins and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, we, we see it all the time that... Um, uh, you know, people are so keen to look after their bodies, um, but there's a lot of confusion around what is actually supportive for your body. Mm. And so, you know, that's why we're very blessed to have you, Steph, and your podcast because we get more information out there about, okay, so yogurt's good for me. Now what yogurt? What's got the most benefit? What's got the most strains? What, what should I choose? What's going to be right for me? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the topic of gut health and even fermentation, like you would know, it has gone, you know, leaps and bounds in the last three to five years. And I think that's amazing. But what comes with that is a lot of confusion and certainly incorrect advice. But the point is, is like obviously supermarket yogurt is not really what we considered a fermented food for the point of like gut healing. And I think it is again, another great reason for gutalicious because we can really make fermentation easy and it's only a small investment of time, but the benefits are, are so, so great. Yeah. And I think, you know, even just down on paper, like the real sort of basics, um, if you bought a yogurt in the supermarket, those yogurts, we have no idea the the strength of those yogurts. Now, when I talk about the strength, I mean how many um, beautiful bacteria strains are in there. So when, like for us, when we get our cultures lab tested, it, there is, you know, we use this unit called colony forming units. And mm. that tells us what is the strength of the probiotics in this food. So it's CFUs. Now, I don't know when I go to the supermarket and pick something up, I don't know what the CFU, so that strength of that yogurt is going to be. 
Whereas, you know, when we have like our the culture wellness cultures, for example, or other, um, you know, really specific cultured foods or fermented foods, they've been tested and they, you know, we can find out exactly what those colony forming units are or the CFU and the strength that it is and how supportive it's going to be for our body. So, you know, our, you know, our yogurt for one cup, it's 41 billion CFU. Mm. Now that's absolutely enormous when um, you think about that going into your garden, you know, rebalancing it and making changes and you'd have to take like a whole bottle of probiotics to even get close to that strength of bacteria in, in your gut. So once again, it's about getting, you know, <laughs> getting the best value out of what you're eating and making sure that what, what goes in your mouth is just absolutely nutrient dense. It's full of, you know, teeming bacteria, you know, that's going to support your body and rebalance your body for optimal health. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like we speak about this with our clients quite a lot. Like most people these days have heard of something like Inner Health Plus or a, a similar product. And I think that's, again, great that the knowledge is out there, but what they don't know is they're only getting a couple of strains. And as you said, our, our bodies are this, you know, this living ecosystem that absolutely needs diversity. So with culture wellness, we're getting so many beneficial strains, which is really, really important for our bodies rather than just one or two that we see in some store-bought products or you know, even in you know, some of the ferments that we see coming through in a more sort of commercial sense. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you just have to really take it back to that simple sort of, um, you know, way of thinking that our, our body is this amazing rainforest and what, what you feed it, really, you don't want to just be feeding one little tree because yeah. that tree will flourish, but everything else will die mm. and nothing works, you know, out of balance with just one, one, you know, one tree standing there. So we've got to be thinking about diversity and building up that whole ecosystem and that whole environment. And, um, oh gosh, we could go on for days about how to feed that and what to do and all those things. But, you know, the, really diversity is king and mm. thinking about bodies as this amazing you know, ecosystem or rainforest and, and how do we best support that as a whole, but even though it's really complex with, you know, multiple moving parts. Yeah, beautiful. I absolutely love that. So let's circle back to Gutalicious and some of the ferments that you and Geordie share in the book. And I'd like to sort of go through categories, if you will, just to, again, give a bit of context for those that are quite new to fermentation. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the book, you know, it's, it's, well, we talk about, you know, food and how we best nourish ourselves. Mm. We want to add it into every part of our day. So, you know, there's no reason why you can't have ferments for breakfast. So there's no reason why you can't have ferments for dessert. There's no reason, you know, why in your main meal you can't add your ferments in as a condiment. So really the book um, covers all different aspects of what you have on your plate and what you have during the day. So we literally, you know, cover the the basics of, you know, breakfast, condiments, lunches, dinners, mm. um, desserts, the, the whole spectrum and in a way that, 
beautifully woven throughout your day. You're constantly replenishing your body with really nourishing gut bacteria, or sorry, really nourishing um, bacteria. So you don't feel like, oh, right now, this is the time I've got to have my um, ferments. It's just interwoven. Mm -hmm. So it's always there. Yeah, beautiful. So we've spoken about the specific culture wellness, so the coconut yogurt and the coconut kefir, and I know they feature heavily in Gutalicious with many different ways to use it, but you've also got fermented vegetables and and what else do you like to encourage um, when someone's starting their gut healing journey? Yeah. So the first thing is to really nail the basics, which is the kefir and the yogurt. Mm-hmm. And once you've got those basics, then you can move on to really ensuring that you've got a diverse range of different types of um, vitamins and minerals and nutrients in your diet. So um, from making the kefir, then you can go on and make things like um, fermented beetroot. Now, I'm a massive fan of fermented beetroot because beetroot has such incredible properties for our liver, um, for all of your athletes out there, surfer, you know, it oxygenates the blood. Like I love having a little shot of beet kvass before I go out and, you know, go for a run or do some strength training or something because it really oxygenates the blood. And, you know, then you can make some sauerkraut and you can move on to really making sure that you've got diversity in your diet. So if you are um, someone that traditionally always had banana because you wanted to get that potassium, you know, you wanted to make sure your electrolytes were all in balance. So you've ticked the magnesium box with your leafy greens and that's fine. And you've, um, you know, so you've got your magnesium there, but you're sort of a bit unsure because it's like, well, hang on a minute, I'm low carb now and banana might be a little bit too high in sugar for me. So what am I going to do to get that banana in? Because you know, you know what I mean, Steph? Like you get that sort of, oh, well, I'll have a banana and I'll tick my potassium box. And then when you say, well, hang on a minute, we're going to take out a, some of the sugar for a little while while we rebalance the gut, you can get a bit overwhelmed. Like how am I going to replace that? And I've always had bananas. And the beautiful thing is that you can just ferment those bananas. So mm. you would use um, the Culture Wellness Kiffer as a starter and literally put the bananas in a jar and then you would ferment that out. And it would, um, the fermenting process takes away the sugar from the banana and just leaves all the nutrients in that banana. So then you can still eat it. And then, you know, you've got your potassium in there. You've got some fiber from the banana. And then, you know, we go, we go on even further and do cool stuff. Like we'll take those bananas out and then we'll start and then we'll make a, um, you know, a banana pancake, mm. but we've taken that sugar out. And so you've still got that banana taste, but you haven't got all of the sugar from the banana. Um, and so that's just one great example of how important it is to ferment because I've seen time and time again people going, um, you know, low carb or they've gone keto or whatever and, and they've just got no nutrients at all. And concerning for me specifically, when we're looking at the gut, they've got no fibre 
mm. in their diet because you know they're they're having a heap of fats and some protein, but they've sort of taken out any of those um, really supportive fibrous foods in the vegetables or the fruits, and their gut bacteria that you know are starting to die off because they live on fiber. And so, you know, fermenting out things like the bananas and um, fermenting out your beetroot and, you know, making beautiful cultured food, ferment cultured foods and vegetables and fruits just enables you to really fill out that your plate with a rainbow of um, colours and obviously very supportive in all those nutrients. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought this up. I feel like I talk about it all the time, but I'm really, um, you know, I guess passionate about making sure that people that do move on to an LCHF or keto template are really aware of how to do it properly. So, you know, we don't want to end up causing the beneficial bacteria to starve because we drop out the fiber or the resistant starch or whatever it might be. Your keto banana pancakes with berry coconut cream are on my <laughs> list of things to make in the next couple of days. They look phenomenal. They are absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> and, you know, like they just taste amazing. Mm. And then, you know, cause you and I of course would completely like, okay, so what nutrients have we picked out of this and how mm. are we going to, better and all that kind of stuff and of course it just stacks up on both sides of the fence the yummy factor mm. and all the nutrient factor and um because i you know steph i i made that mistake for years i was so sick i was down to like zucchini and lamb mm. and like i just completely starved myself mm. and my gut bacteria and i got my, myself into all sorts of trouble through lack of good advice through not understanding about ferments and um, through taking out, you know, really, really, really beautiful nutrient-dense foods because I was so scared of sugar and, and it, how sick it made me. So yeah. I think um, it's really important, you know, not to be scared of food but get really creative of ways of dropping that sugar content and that's where, you know, fermenting comes into its fore and how you can still add that back in. It's like um, juices are a huge one that um, we have in the book, in the Gutalicious book. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of fruit juice. Well, I'm not a fan at all of Full fruit stop. juices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if they're cold press and you've mm. made them at home and all that kind of stuff. If you're having, you know, two cups of cold pressed apple juice a day and there's no you know, fibre there to blunt the, you know, the massive sugar exposure exposure that's going into your body. There's just a whole sort of plethora of issues that can unfold. Of course, um, you know, it raises insulin and it feeds the wrong gut bacteria and mm -hmm. so forth. And it doesn't actually really matter in the end if it's a food or not because it's still just a major sugar hit. But, of course, in that apple juice, it's so awesome for your liver the content, you know, the nutrients, and it's really awesome for, you know, that malic acid and there's lots of benefits to it. So once again, if your kidneys are a little bit um, dehydrated and your electrolytes are down because you've been training on the weekend, if you make beautiful homemade apple juice and then you ferment it, suddenly you've got all of that nutrition and but you've taken the sugar. And so you can have those things still and, 
you know, some of the juices that we have in there are incredible, like kidney-loving juices and, you know, juices to support getting your antioxidants in to, you know, really chew up all those free radicals in the body and getting in a huge hit of your berries and, you know, once again, you know, making the most of foods in season like mangoes and all sorts of different uh, fruits that you can start to ferment out and you can keep them. Yeah, I totally agree. And my husband is going to love my new goals for fermenting at home because when we met, he was having, um, oh, I don't even remember, five or six pieces of fruit a day with good intentions. And we've definitely like dropped almost all of that out except for like the cup of berries that he eats per day, but he loves his fruit. So my next goal for, you know, obviously seasonal is yeah to get into gutalicious and and start to give him some fruit back that's been fermented obviously so all the nutrients without all the sugar yeah yeah exactly and mm. you know my favorite thing is to make the yogurt with a heap of fruit in there and mm. you know just putting raspberries in with the coconut cream and you know obviously when you blend it up it turns this beautiful cool like cool pinky red color and and it just you know and then once you make that yogurt then you can make a cheesecake out of that. And suddenly you've got this incredible raspberry cheesecake. And, you know, we, I even go as far as fermenting um, my, you know, macadamias and fermenting cashews and all of those sorts of things. So you activate them first and then you ferment them. You get all the nutrients out of them. They're far easier to digest because you've fermented them. And I'll, like, blitz that up. And I'll put a bit of fat with it. You know, I might put some MCT oil with it or a little bit of butter. And I'll make that as a base with the nuts. And then I'll add the, this beautiful raspberry yogurt as the middle layer. And then I might do like an avocado and cacao mousse for the top. Mm. And you've just got like this cheesecake oh. heaven that's got pretty much no sugar in it and truckload of beneficial bacteria for your gut and a heap of nutrients. There's no sugar spike. You've added a heap of fibre into your gut. And um, most importantly, I I have to go there with the whole social thing. Sorry, I'm real big tangent here, Steph. That's cool. I (laughs) I think it's really important because, you know, when you do want to embark on, you know, a, a specific lifestyle that, sometimes in, involves you becoming pretty specific about the foods that you eat for a point in time just to make sure that you're healing up your gut and you're bringing things back into balance. I get, you know, all the time, oh, my, you know, I've got nothing to eat with my friends or I can't take anything to this social occasion or, you know, I'm really missing that experience of, um, you know, sharing a coffee and a piece of cake with my friends and, you know, all of those things. And I totally get that. I mean, social connection and food and, you know, community is massive. And so to be able to make such a vibrantly bright coloured nutrient rich cheesecake, like the one I was just describing and taking it to your friend's house for, you know, afternoon coffee and cake, people love it. They don't know it's fermented. They're just so happy to eat it. So, there's um <clears throat> there's lots of recipes in the Gutalicious book that can help you bridge that gap between being quite specific about what you need to eat for a point in time, but also in, in involving others and it's not it's not so isolating. Oh, I think that's so so important. Absolutely, <laughs> you shouldn't have to miss out 
And again, fermenting is the perfect way to have that best of both worlds because, yeah, you can eat cheesecake, but it just doesn't have any sugar in it and the nutrients are, you know, 10x. So, Mm. oh, my Mm. gosh, I can't wait to try that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even believe I haven't tried it already. (laughs) Yeah, I know, actually. Mm. And then um, I suppose the other thing is, which was a big thing for me, was... Like, you know, if I did go with friends to eat out or go and have coffee and cake or a cheesecake or something, like as soon as I started, the floodgates were open and I had no off button. Like I literally found it really hard to be able to stop when something was yummy or there was lots of um, sugar in it. Like, you know, I just, my body just really found it hard to say no. I can't have any more, but you don't get that when you've got fermented foods and when you've got all that beneficial bacteria going in and obviously you've got a good fat content going in there. So um, it's really empowering when you have something so beautiful and rich like, um, you know, that cheesecake, you only need a little bit because it's so nutrient dense and then you can stop. You can, you know, turn off that sort of, I've got to keep eating, I've got to keep eating. So I've actually found eating the ferments to be really empowering and feel like I can sort of take back that control and not feel like, oh, I can't have that. Otherwise, I'll be in the floodgates are open and turned around and the whole cheesecake was gone. So Mm. it's a very different eating experience. Absolutely. They have this beautiful inbuilt portion control, I always say. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And I I actually... No, and I just never knew that that was possible. Mm. And my body's genetically wired in a certain way and also my gut bugs were so um, out of balance that they were wired just, you know, bring on those sugar and carbohydrates. So I never knew any different. And to eat, you know, something of a proper portion size and, oh, I'm done now, that's enough. It's just fast. It was just mind-boggling for me. Yeah, amazing. So I wanted to circle back to something you said before about um, the wild versus culture ferments. Um, Obviously, I'm sure there are some listeners that have tried certain fermented foods or beverages and they've reacted quite poorly. Could you speak to that and give us a bit more context as to maybe what's going on and then why they need to sort of steer away from certain ferments? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, I, firstly, I think this comes back to our, you know, absolute mantra that we say, Steph, you know, it's that test, don't guess. Mm-hmm. So if you've reacted to a certain food, so I'll, you know, talk about my experiences again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have kombucha and mm-hmm. I would get an enormous bloated stomach. Mm-hmm. It would drive intense sugar cravings afterwards. So then I would have to go and eat a heap of carbohydrates mm-hmm. and I would get really fatigued, really grumpy. I'd need an afternoon sleep and I, it, I would very easily gain weight. And so I found that super confusing because, hang on a minute, this is a fermented food and it's supposed to be the be-all and end-all when it comes to gut health. Now, what I found out in the process was that, um, you know, things like kombucha or, you know, things like, um, you know, sauerkrauts or any ferments really, they, you know, some of them have only one specific strain. So the kombucha is a yeast And so if you drink kombucha all day long, and I know some people that 
drink three, you know, big sort of bottles of kombucha a day, oh my God. all you're doing is just adding yeast into your body. Mm. Now, even though it's beneficial yeast, remember that, you know, ecosystem, that, you know, beautiful rainforest that we were talking about, you're just adding one thing in and everything else will die off. And so you've created an imbalance by trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So, uh, and then you get symptoms from that because the other things are dying off. So first of all, we need to make sure that with our wild ferments, we are adding diversity. So kombucha really should just be a little 30 to 60 mil mm-hmm. shot. That's all we need. And we need to make it ourselves so we know there's no sugar in there and we've fermented it right out instead of, you know, um, there's a lot of kombuchas on the market that have lots of sugar in them. They're, it's more like a soft drink now rather than yeah. a medicinal drink. Yeah. And, and you only need the tiniest bit per day. It's, it's not, you know, it's not sort of a, a drink that you, you suck, suck on all day long. Now, that's the first thing. The second thing is that some people, I mean, we can go right down the rabbit hole with this, and but some people are genetically wired that they don't handle histamines very well. Mm. And so, you know, if you have certain strains like MTHFR, for example, your body's ability to handle histamines is, um, you know, uh, compromised. And, mm. you know, if you have things like the DAO gene, which is how we modulate histamines within our gut microbiome, you might react to histamines, which, um, you know, traditional fermented foods have histamines in them. So that would be your sauerkraut, those kinds of things. Now, you may not know that you've got those genetic functions and you may not know that you're intolerant or have trouble, you know, filtering out histamines in your body. You just know that you eat sauerkraut and suddenly you get, um, you know, watery eyes or your stomach blows up like a balloon or you just get really cranky, you get really tired, you can't think straight. And once again, you get really confused because isn't sauerkraut supposed to save my life? Mm. <laughs> it's supposed to be the be all and end all. And this is where it comes back to something that, you know, you and I are both big proponents of is know your body get tested and learn about your body and what's specific to you. So I knew that I reacted like that, but I didn't understand why. And so then I went on and I tested my gut microbiome. Why can I not handle certain fermented foods and I can handle other fermented foods? And sure enough, as soon as I got my gut microbiome tested, I realized that I had an abundance of some gut bugs and absolutely none of other gut bugs. And so there was, you know, certain fermented foods that I was eating that was just making that imbalance 100% worse. Mm. And then I did go on and learn more about my body and how it detoxifies and how it methylates, and I really couldn't handle those things. And then I went on and learned more about infections that were living within my body. So as I got more balance and as I learned more, then I could start to add in, you know, all sorts, like, you know, cultured food foods and histamine uh, sorry um wild fermented foods and i got that balance back on track again but for people who are starting out and they don't they're just exploring this new world of you know getting sort of in balance and getting their bodies back to optimal health i would just go super super slow mm-hmm. and i would 
stay with, um, you know, sort of ring fence or put boundaries around your fermented foods and understand a lot about it. So that's, you know, obviously why I started the cultures because I knew that the cultures that I'd chosen were going to be okay for, his, you know, people who couldn't have, his, uh, have histamines and they're going to be supportive of the immune system. They're going to be supportive of detoxification pathways and helping the body clear out those toxins. And they're going to be really beneficial for, for that um, imbalance. And slowly but surely as you take away the infections and you get that balance back, then you can handle more. So, um, you know, they, like, as I said, there's a big rabbit hole you can go down there. But, um, you know, just to summarise, if you do feel like you're one of those sensitive people, number one, be more specific and know the cultures and the strains that you're eating. Number two, start super, super slow. And number three, if you are reacting, then go further and delve into what's going on. You know, my husband can or my friend or my partner or whoever can eat the same thing and they don't puff up like a balloon and self-combust. Why, why am I so different? <laughs> you know, in, investigate and, and find that out instead of going, oh, I can't have that and then never, never ask the question and, and, you know, miss out on fermented foods for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going on. Like someone, let's say it is MTHFR or DAO or it's a candida overgrowth and they're reacting to X, like sauerkraut, some people then make a statement, oh, I can't have fermented foods, like full stop. And I think that's tragic because they're clearly in a massive state of dysbiosis. They absolutely need something, but... I guess the lack of, you know, education around, well, yeah, fermented foods are very different um, and it depends on what you can and can't tolerate at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, and and really owning that and um, seeing it as this exciting journey to embark on to learn about your body as opposed to this, you know, oh, what am I going to do? I can't handle it and sort of throw your hands in the air um, because, you know, I was at that sort of crossroads of just completely giving up and I can't handle it. Mm. It makes me feel terrible. Um, and I, I can't, I just cannot imagine life without fermented food. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just, I can't, I can't imagine it. Um, you know, so yeah, just, just knowledge is just such power. And I agree. just keep investigating and starting slow and, and um, yeah, that's fine if you can't handle your f- handle the ferments. Just work up to it mm. and, and be cool with that and, you know, put your expectations and where they need to be and, um, and just go with what your body can handle. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. It's about the way you approach things like the bloating or the, the hay fever type symptoms are actually a, a good sign to give you a bit of information as to where to go next. Not good as in obviously the imbalance is good, but more that it's like information that can tell you a little bit more about what might be going on really a red flag that there is a problem that it is probably time to invest in some testing or to get some support from a practitioner. And I think, you know, without that information, you'd probably make yourself a lot worse and it will take a lot longer to realize there was something that needed a little bit more addressing. Yeah, absolutely. And, 
you know, working with the right practitioner can give you some incredible tools Mm. to be able to help you get over that little um, hurdle of being able to handle fermented foods. You know, there's amazing things like, you know, activated charcoal, that Mm. when you're starting out in um, eating ferments and rebalancing your gut, you do get bloating and you do get, you know, all of these symptoms that we're talking about. But you can use things like activated charcoal to mop up that toxicity and help with that bloating in that process of you rebalancing and, you know, and then you kind of jump out the and you come out the other side. Um, but if you didn't under, you know, know those tools and if you didn't use them and work towards where you want to go, you, yeah, you would, you would miss out on all the benefits of a thriving gut microbiome and, and of course, eating awesome, beautiful fermented foods. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, so fascinating. I have two final questions for you. I did just want to um, talk about, definitely about your cultures, but also how and why there are different strains. So, you know, obviously cultural wellness is higher in bifidobacteria, um, when it comes to the yogurt, sorry. And then the kefir is higher in the lactobacilli strains. Can you share with us why that is and maybe talk about some other examples in terms of um, the other ferments? Yeah. So our beautiful um, strains that we have within our body, um, the lactobacillus and the bifido strains, they're what we call commensal bacteria strains. So they come into the body, they hang out for a little bit and then they leave the body. And we absolutely need these commensal bacteria strains. Now, when um, we chose the two mediums to have our cultures in, we um, knew that lactobacillus strains love uh, sugar. So that's their food and that's how they multiply and grow. And so we use the coconut water as the, um, you know, the sort of the, what we call the medium for that because they're going to thrive in there. And we love lactobacillus as because it helps with candida specifically. So they're kind of like the yin and the yang of each other. So, um, you know, that's why we see an abundance of the lactobacillus strains in the kiffer is because those strains love to eat um, the sugar in the kiffer specifically. So they love chewing up fructose. Now, if you think about it, if you've got candida in your gut and you eat fructose, what happens? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's all out war. You know, and that's why when we ferment with the lactobacillus strains, the good ones, you know, um, it eats up all of that sugar. And that's what should be happening within your gut, not heaps of gas and the candida and all the other stuff. So it's kind of like what should be happening within your gut. Now with the yogurt, it's really high in bifido strains and the bifido strains love eating fibre. So they grow and multiply off of fibre. And so that's why we see an abundance in the yogurt because the yogurt has the fibre from the coconut in it, so the coconut cream. And our bifido strains are really, really important for digesting fibre within our gut microbiome. And they also help us to create B vitamins and so and help us to support our immune system. And so, of course, if we want to have an abundance of those bifido strains in our gut. So when we do eat fibre, we can digest it with all those beautiful bifido strains. 
Otherwise, if there's no strains in there, if we eat fiber, we get bloating and gas and we feel sick and we feel tired because there's no, there's not a little army in there digesting it and supporting that, you know, the digestion of that fiber. So we certainly see that certain strains love to eat certain foods and that's more just because what makes them thrive. And it's about, you know, the same as us. We, we need oxygen, we need, you know, proteins, we need fats, we need um, vegetable fibres and vegetables and bacteria is the same. They love to feed off different things and that's why I would always suggest that someone doesn't just have kefir all day long or they don't just have yoghurt all day long or they don't just have sauerkraut all day long. They have a diversity of different fermented foods so they're getting the diversity of the different bacteria strains. So from that, you know, you would sort of think, okay, well, if I made sauerkraut using the kefir starters, then, um, you know, there's going, the kefir starters are going to um, chew up any of the sugar that's within the, um, within the sauerkraut blend. And also in, there's also a minimal amount of bifido strains in there. But mm. as soon as those bifido strains get into where the cabbage is, they eat fibre, so suddenly there's just an abundance and multiplication of those bifido strains because there's fibre in there. Mm. And so um, you can even delve deeper into that. So I love people with autoimmune conditions, people with, um, you know, hormonal problems, people who have really struggled to digest carbohydrates. I love them having the yoghurt because they're the strains within the gut microbiome that, um, you know, the bifido strains and that they support us and that's the, what those bifido strains do. So we want to replenish them. Whereas if you've got someone who's dealing with a lot of inflammation and they're dealing with really high amounts of candida, you want them to be having lactobacillus strains and that's in the kiffer. So, we, you know, we even start looking at um, when we get someone's gut test we even look at, okay, what's going on for you and what, you know, what health expressions do you have at this particular time and which fermented foods should we focus on? Mm. Same. I love that. So clear. And I think a really important point to reiterate that it is about diversity. So lots of different options like you share with us in Gutalicious. But again, really important that you start gradual. So it's not about drinking the full bottle of kombucha. Um, no. And yeah, just be really mindful when you do start out that you're going to be causing um, potential die off and things like, you know, charcoal, as well as like the foundational, you know, hydration and real food and apple cider vinegar, really important to make sure that you are supporting your body through that initial phase and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. All right. My final question, and I probably already know the answer, but what is your favorite recipe from Gutalicious? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so the cheesecake? Yeah, cool. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Oh, oh, it's a tie because Mm. there's a lot, there's like a lime, there's a lime slice as well, which, um, oh, I love so much mainly because you can keep it frozen in the freezer. And so I actually always just have it there. And so if someone comes over, if the kids are hungry or, you know, if you just, life has been busy and you haven't been able to make as many of those, you know, foods for that week, always got something in the freezer. 
that I can just pull out and, um, you know, serve up to friends or I can give it, give it to a snack as the kids or I've come back from doing some training or something and I just want to have a little chew on it. So I like that for busy mum kind of stuff. But, um, oh, yeah, the raspberry cheesecake, I just, yeah, love it. Amazing. <laughs> I love Another it so one. Much. Another one to the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a terrible question to ask me, Steph, because every <laughs> one of them is so damn good. Um, yeah. I just need someone, you know, in my house every day to like, so which one would you like me to make you today? Oh, and like, okay, page, page 322, thanks. I'd love that. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, Ian does most of the cooking or, or non-cooking at home and um, I might, might just leave the book out on the bench and hope because yeah. it might not be me that makes it, but I definitely want to oh. eat it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just leave notes around the house. Oh, Amazing. I really feel like a cheesecake today. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I've loved our conversation. I'm thrilled to have you as a member of the cast on The Real Food Real. Um, but thank you so much for all the life-changing work that you do in the area of gut health and beyond. It was awesome to have you on the show. Just direct our listeners who might be on the go as to where they can go online to learn more and grab their copy of Gutalicious. Yeah, so you can find us at culturedwellness.com. Now, cultured wellness actually starts with a K. So K for culturedwellness.com. And um, the other cool thing about the website is I'm a huge fan of education. So my background is um, education and it's something very important to me. So if you want to learn more, you'll um, find lots and lots of really interesting blog posts and information about the gut and information um, beyond the recipes. So once you've got sort of an understanding and you've got the recipes down pat and you want to keep going on further on your learning adventure, um, yeah, there's lots of information there. So you can grab the book there and you can also get some inspiration. So there's lots of stuff you can find on the website. Yeah, beautiful. Head to the show notes team for more information about cultured wellness and, of course, Gutalicious. Get your hands on a copy. And Kirsty, we'll speak to you again very soon. Cool. Thanks for having me, Steph. Absolute pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with all of our listeners today. Awesome. See you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Real. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. For those of you on your own health journey, you know that a lot of times it's two steps forward, one step back, and you think you're doing well, and then something else pops up. It's like um, always, you're always learning. It's just a, it's not something that just happens overnight and suddenly you're well. If I actually had been so wrong about this really important thing in my life, what else was I wrong about? And it got me down this, uh, this place of questioning all the concepts that I had. And then I came to one question, which was, who am I beyond concept? When I was a little kid, I really always had trouble with food intolerances. I realized that there was a lot to be said for the way you eat. 
you come to the same place that I came to, and it's a place of complete freedom. Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.